Very often, Christians are completely unaware of the underlying structures that the biblical authors have very intentionally placed inside the text. And these structures, well, they're literary techniques, and they're found throughout the ancient world, and they're used to help highlight the intended message. Or, as we'll see in this short lesson, you can even illustrate an overall message of a particular text. Now, there are a couple reasons why we're unaware of this. First and foremost, we haven't been trained to know that they're there. We aren't even aware that they're there. How are we going to be able to pull the message out from our Bible if we haven't been trained in these ancient literary techniques? So we need to raise our awareness that they exist, and that's what we're doing today. And second, since we're most likely reading a translation of the original scripture, which was either Hebrew or Greek, our English translation will often obscure things that you would normally see in the original text. Something that happens often in our English translations is that there may be a certain repetition of a Hebrew word. It's there for a reason. The repetition is serving to highlight something. And the translators, well, they don't want you to get bogged down in a word that keeps repeating, so they may use two or three English words that are synonymous to that original word, but it obscures the repetition. And that's the whole point, so that you recognize the repetition that's going on. So in this lesson, we're going to be looking at one of these literary techniques, and then I'll give you two examples which you may not have realized are even there. This is a literary technique. It's called a chiasm, or a chiastic structure, or even a chiasmus. Now, this is based off of the Greek letter chi, which is an X. And so the structure of the text has a sh certain shape, and that shape happens to be an X. Or what we'll see is that the shape happens to be half an X, something like this. So it has that form to it. And as I said, the chiasms that are in the Bible, they serve to drive the reader to the main point of the section or provide, say, a turning point to a section. And so what happens is a chiasm looks something like this. Say you have nine verses. Nine is an easy number. So you're going to have four on top and you're going to have four on the bottom. And so you start verse one, we'll call it 1a. Well, that verse at the top is going to match the bottom verse, the corresponding verse at the bottom, verse 1b. So these two are going to be the same, either in sound or topic or something about it is going to match. Then you do the next verse, 2a, and that'll match 2b. So these two are going to have the same concepts behind them. 3a, 3b, 4a, 4b, till you get to this fifth and middle sentence, at least if you have an odd number. And that's going to be the turning point. And so the author drives you to this middle point, and it says, here is the main point of the story that I'm telling you. The point is to get you to see some kind of structure in the text, and it's going to highlight the message that the author's intending. So one key to understanding how important this is, is to recognize that these literary devices were all over the ancient world, and all over ancient writings. And authors use it to make a point, and audiences are looking for it. They're aware of it. They're listening. They're reading different than we do today because they're expecting those literary devices to be there. And so one thing to do is 
You know, when we get to a chiastic structure, we want to write it out in the form of that X, and then we can see a structure emerge before our very eyes. And it's a way to make the Bible much deeper than what's being written on the surface, because that's the intended meaning. That's how they're going to add depth to the Bible. So the intended meaning of a section that the author wants you to notice is inside that chiastic structure. Now, these structures are found all over the Bible. They're big and small, and I'm going to show you two of my favorites. Now, the first one is an absolute gigantic one, and it's found in the final 15 chapters of the book of Exodus. And I'm not going to be able to cover this in detail today, but we do have lessons that cover this. It's in our series on the book of Exodus, and I'll make sure that I link them below so you can check them out because there are some profound concepts about our spiritual life that come from the chiastic structure itself. So it looks like this. It has, obviously, the shape here. There's the chiastic structure shape. And what it's going to do is it's going to start and end, both with the presence of God on Mount Sinai and Moses in the presence of God on Mount Sinai. And then it's going to be followed by tabernacle instructions. As the Lord says, do this. Then you get the command for the Sabbath. And then finally, the turning point is the golden calf, followed by the divine attributes and forgiveness from God. Then, when we keep going on, it flips. And the same pattern repeats all the way out, but this time it's Moses giving Sabbath instructions, and it's Moses giving tabernacle instructions, and then at the very end you, you end up again with Moses and the presence of God intimately dwelling. So this is a one gigantic chiasm, but it's very helpful for you to understand what's going on at the end of Exodus, when it seems you're being forced to read the tabernacle instructions twice, but the author has Put it in there in a way that helps you understand something about our spirituality. Now, again, we don't have a whole bunch of time to go into that today, but I just wanted to show you that it exists and what it looks like. Now, the second one, and this is, I think, my favorite chiasm in the Bible, is the Tower of Babel story. And this is found in Genesis. It's uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. And this is an absolutely brilliant piece of literary work. It's only nine verses, and the number of literary devices inside these nine verses, it's mind-boggling. And I think one of the messages that come out of this, it's only nine verses, but it communicates volumes about the nature of humanity. And oh, by the way, that is still true today. So this is so much more than a story about a tower or a story about how we got languages. Those are very surface readings. When we read deeper, when we look at the structure, we discover a profound lesson about the folly or the hubris of human beings when they forget about the reality of God. So short nine verses, it reads like this. Now the whole earth had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, 
will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, If, as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand one another. So the Lord scattered them from there over the whole earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. So there's the nine verses, and then if we move it into the chiastic structure, it looks something like this, and there we have our one half of an X. Now, of course, what we have here is that verse 5 is the turning point, and we'll see that that is when God enters the picture. God comes down, which is really kind of funny because, you know, they're building a tower that they think is going to go into the heavens, and then God has to come down to see it. And when God comes down, what happens is that everything they're doing inverts. So what they were originally intending to accomplish inverts upon itself. And this is a cosmic principle. This, of course, is it's so common when human beings attempt to control all the outcomes that they often end up with something that's the exact opposite of what they intended. That's part of the message of the Tower of Babel story using the chiastic structure. Now, let me go a little bit closer and just show you some of the details here. So we notice something. Verses 1 and verse 9. It begins with the phrase, and the whole earth had one language, and then it ends with the whole earth. That's repeated. In fact, the phrase, the whole earth, is repeated five times throughout the story. And again, that's where you see sometimes English Bibles will switch between the land, the earth, or the world. But the whole earth is repeated five times. Now you can see sentence one says the whole earth had one language, but then it inverts at the bottom. The idea of language comes first. So there was confusion in the language on the whole earth. So those two are inverted. If we go to the next verse, it says, as the people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and they settled there. And that is exactly what their goal is. Yes, they don't want to be scattered. In fact, in verse four, they say, otherwise, we'll be scattered all over the face of the earth. But if we look down to the opposing verse, to verse 2, which is verse 8, this settled comes down here, and it turns up scattered, the opposite. So what they intended to do was to be settled. They ended up scattered. And, you know, I think of, there are many stories that come out of the world of people who win the lottery, right? Every goal of someone who plays the lottery is to have enough money to provide them security or peace of mind throughout their life so that they won't have to worry about money any longer. And yet you hear these stories where they win millions of dollars and end up wasting all the money and go broke and their life crumbles into chaos. And so the money was supposed to be good and it ends up doing the opposite of what they intended. So in verse 4, we see that the builders wanted to build a tower to the heavens. Essentially, this means that they wanted to cross the boundary between man and God. They wanted to ascend 
to God-like status by crossing into the heavens. And God, of course, doesn't want that to happen, because human beings, we don't have the agency to handle keeping everything together in good order like God does. And so there's a boundary here. Humanity has to remain fully human, and we have to learn to live inside of God's cosmos with all of our limitations. Instead of what's happening here is they're trying to become godlike themselves. And it's at this point then that God enters, descends to come to see what's going on. And this is really when the reality of God is setting in on their project. And so since verse 5 is the center, it's the turning point. So the first four verses, well, that's humanity building towards their goal of reaching the heavens to become godlike. And they, they want to do two things, right? They want to make a name for themselves, and they don't want to be scattered. And then when we go down to the bottom, we find out, after verse 5, the exact opposite happens. They make a name for themselves, but in this case, the name is Babel. And that's even, you know, if you think about it, we still use this word as a negative for somebody's nonsensical speech, right? What are you babbling about? we might say to somebody. So they did make a name for themselves, but it's Babel. And they didn't want to be scattered, but what happened to them? The Lord scattered them over the whole earth. Now let me show you one more. It's the last one I want to show you. It's a small detail, but I think that it sums up the entire message, and you'll never see it in English, because it has to do with the spelling of a Hebrew word. So verse 3, they said to each other, come, let us make bricks. And here, the root word of the Hebrew word for bricks here is three letters. It's a lamed, a bet, and a noon. L-B-N. Sometimes you might see it as L-V-N, but it's a bet, sometimes pronounced as V. But anyways, L-B-N, it's brick. And so brick is the instrument that they're using to attain their goal. And then we look down at verse 7, and there's something interesting here. Come, let us go down and confuse. And what they did here, what the author did, was he spelled the word in a unique way. And it's spelled with a noon in the, on the front, an N. And so what you get is N-B-L. So the brick, L-B-N, the tool that you use to create your tower, inverts into N-B-L, confusion. And it's absolutely brilliant. The inversion of the spelling of these words illustrates the cosmic principle that the very instrument you may be using to build whatever it is you're doing might be the thing that causes confusion. Watch out when you think you can build whatever you have in mind, thinking that you have the power, the agency that God has. And watch out that that tool doesn't end up inverting on you, and you get the opposite result. Now this is the message of the Tower of Babel. And this is how a chiastic structure works. It adds depth to the Bible. The structure illustrates. You can see it. You can hear it. You can, in a way, experience it. 
And these chiastic structures are very intentional. They're intentionally built into the structure of the text. You find them in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, but we have to have eyes to see them, see how they're constructed and how they help us understand a deeper meaning or the intended meaning of the text. So having an awareness of the chiasm really enables us to uncover the meaning of that section of text. It's the meaning that the original author intended. Now I'll leave you with one quote from the late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. He's commenting on the underlying structure of the story of the Tower of Babel and how it illustrates what happens to humanity when they attempt to be godlike. And he writes, when human beings try to become more than human, they quickly become less than human. This is a chiastic structure, and it helps us understand the message of the Tower of Babel.